How can average working citizens like us, how can we reform our unjust financial system to erode the wealth and power of big banks, traditional corporations, and the super rich, and redistribute that wealth and power to average working citizens without relying on politicians or regulations? This is the question we ask on the Crowd Effect podcast. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, activist, investment advisor, and founder of Stakeholder Enterprise. On today's show, we are going to talk about how we react to an unjust financial system. Now, prior to 2008, uh, I noticed that our financial system uh, wasn't playing on an e- uh, we weren't playing on an even playing field. And uh, that is because I, I witnessed the dot-com crash and saw that the people who were the biggest losers were average working citizens. The venture capital firms, um, they made their money. Uh, how they make their money is they invest in the ground floor and then they have their exit and they make their big profits when these companies go public. Well, what happened was is uh, the companies, these dot-com, these early internet companies, they, they went public and um, people had a real thirst for, for getting in in some of this dot-com. But the average person could only get in uh, during this initial public offering, and um, that that's what that's the opportunity that average people had was on the stock market, Nasdaq, and and so that's that's what people did. They invested a lot of money, thinking that oh yeah, I'm gonna make it rich like these venture capital firms. Well, the venture capital firms they made money off the general public by buying into these uh, IPOs, uh, which were worthless, essentially. Um, now, I, I don't have any evidence to, to show that the, a lot of venture capital firms knew that these internet, these new dot-com companies were worthless, uh, but it seems shady, uh, shady to me. How could they not know, especially now knowing that they probably had some um, look inside uh, of what was going on? So, I noticed this, that that the average working citizen lost big time on the dot-com crash, but I, I didn't really, um, I didn't do anything about it. Uh, my reaction was that, okay, well, I, I'm not going to invest in uh, the stock market in dot-com, although I did do some investments in, in the stock market, but it, I, I stayed away from the, the dot-com um, companies. Instead, I, I focused on real estate. And in 2002, I started a uh, family real estate investment company with my two brothers and my mother. And from 2002 to uh, until 2008, we had some good success. Um, we, we made enough money where we all could, uh, it, it could support us all very comfortably. Uh, my mother had, uh, we got her a, a nice townhouse in Southern California and we thought, oh, everything, you know, our future looks bright. And then of course, uh, the global financial crisis hit and uh, we were devastated. Um, I invested with a fraudster named Doug Swenson. Uh, he has a nickname, the Bernie Madoff of Boise, Idaho. 
Um, and pretty much half of all of our assets were uh, with his company, DBSI. Uh, he ended up going to federal prison and it was odd. I was getting uh, letters from the FBI notifying me about you know when he's going uh, to prison. Later on, I got a, a letter saying when he was being released. Um, but he did serve some time. I don't remember how much time, but you know something is it was better than nothing. Um, and anyways, um, my reaction to 2008 was really two part. I first was in denial, but also I also had anger. Uh, anger and denial. So um, it was an interesting year for me in 2008. I got married in May of 2008. And my wife, she, uh, we, we were living in California and she uh, got accepted to do a pediatric residency at Miami Children's Hospital. So uh, in June, she went out to Miami and I was um, trying to sell uh, the home, my home uh, in Summerlin, California. And uh, in the summer of 2008, obviously it, it didn't sell. I, I ended up uh, leaving in September to um, meet up with my wife in Miami. And um, I uh, instead rented, rented the house. You know, later at the end of September, that's when that's when um, you know everything started to fall apart. Um, uh, the the crisis was in full swing by October, and you know I was going through a transition period, so th there was a lot of denial uh, for me, um, and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't say I was ashamed of what of what happened. I I wasn't going around saying, "Hey, I lost." you know, all this money, um, you know, no, that, that, that wasn't. And, and so I, I kind of pushed it in, in the back of my head. Um, I was angry and that the anger part, that was what spurred me to, um, volunteer for the, the Barack Obama, uh, campaign and the, the get out the vote effort in Florida. And so that's what I did in October. I, I volunteered for the campaign and um, and that effort. Uh, afterwards, after he got elected, I was still in denial and, and I was still telling people that I was a, a real estate uh, investor. And, and really all I was doing was trying to pick up the pieces from 2008. Wasn't not a lot of investing going on, but I... I I had, you know, still wanted to project an image of successful real estate investor. That's what I was for six years. And it, it just, I couldn't turn it off. So I, I kept on telling people that. And I got uh, a, a job in Miami as a swimming and water polo coach. Um, I was doing that uh, prior in California, part-time also doing the real estate investment. It, it, I had a great life. Uh, I, I earned a living through real estate investments and I got to uh, coach water polo, a passion of mine. I, I played in college and it's something I really enjoy doing. Uh, but now in Miami, it was how I was making money. 
Um, and it's not a lot, let me tell you, being a, a coach, and I was even a club coach as well. So I was trying to get as many hours as possible. Um, it was very humbling uh, doing that. But I, I didn't have to face that I was uh, I didn't, I didn't have to face my failures. Uh, I got to just dive into something that I enjoy, which was coaching water polo. And, um, and we stayed in Miami, uh, until, uh, for three years, her, her residency lasted for three years. Uh, and then in, uh, 2011, um, she got, uh, a, a fellowship in pediatric gastroenterology in Oklahoma city. So we moved from uh, Miami to Oklahoma city. And this is when, you know, there's no water polo in, in Oklahoma. And, um, I, I knew I had to kind of face my, my failures. I had to face it. And, uh, so I decided to get my real estate license and just, uh, going through the process of it was, was somewhat traumatic because I did have to, to face it and facing it, it, my, I reacted with kind of more shame, more guilt, um, it, 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 it eroded my, uh, self-respect um, I, I didn't have much confidence in, in my abilities. And so, uh, getting my license, I, I, I didn't, instead of trying to start my own real estate business, I, I ended up, uh, working for a, um, a top producing, uh, agent, which was great. He was a real great guy. Uh, I consider him a friend today. Um, and, you know, I, I really enjoyed my time working with him, but it wasn't like I was uh, really trying to, to, to um, break out of the, uh, you know, break out of my mold and, and follow my own passions. Instead, I was just kind to uh, skate along. Uh, but I, I, I did make an effort to kind of face uh, my own, um, my own mistakes. So my reaction uh was denial and anger and you know i was i was blaming uh you know corporations i was blaming uh the big banks getting bailed out i was blaming uh you know the super rich uh, i was blaming uh what i saw as people taking advantage of regular average working people and i see that how they're getting off scot-free and, you know, bailouts, golden parachutes, and, you know, just average working people were getting financially ruined. Um, my house in Summerland, I, I stopped paying the mortgage on that in October of 2008, and, but I still was collecting rent. And it was really the only way that uh, I could sustain my mother's uh, place where, where she was uh, in, in California. And so that I limped along and it was surprising. There were so many foreclosures happening that the bank didn't even, uh, start my foreclosure, um, for years. It was, 
you know, I was getting rent for years without paying any mortgage. And um, it, it really was lucky because that's how we were able to continue supporting my mother. Um, and, and so she, she wouldn't be, you know, kicked out of her home at, at that stage. Um, and eventually, uh, there was a short sale in 2012, I think it was, but you know, I, I, the only reason why, uh, it didn't get foreclosed on sooner was just because of this giant backlog, um, uh, that the banks have, I may have continued to pay my mortgage, uh, for, for a few months after 2008. I don't quite remember. Probably I did. It, it was probably after a few months where I, I just saw the writing on the wall, the savings was being depleted and I stopped. Um, anyways, I, I reacted, uh, with, with anger and, um, you know, I was blaming, blaming other people, but nothing was get, uh, getting solved and only it only brought conflict into my life and uh in, in 2016 um that's when all, all this political um discourse and, and just almost seemed like uh hatred of someone from another political party it that it just didn't sit right with me um it, it, I was already miserable as is, um, kind of, uh, hiding in the shadows, you know, just, uh, being an, an, an assistant, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I, I felt like I was capable of, of so much more. And also I, I you know, I, I was still ashamed because my wife thought she was marrying one person and, you know, a successful real estate investor. Now she's stuck with, this guy. And, you know, I, I was thinking of myself as a loser and, you know, not in a good place mentally and being, not being in a good place mentally, I having this political discourse and, and I was taking it personally, you know, I, I just, but, but I didn't also think I, didn't, I wasn't taking sides anymore because I, I saw that, you know, my volunteering efforts for, for Barack Obama, it just didn't, pan out. I didn't see any real change happen. And I wanted to do something. I, I didn't want to, all I did was, was, uh, vote. I, I, you know, voting is important, but I also wanted to do something. Um, I wanted to take action, take steps. I had, you know, no clue, uh, what to take. And so in 2016 with the, the presidential election cycle, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, all of this, it just, it, it burned me out. I was disgusted with all of it. And, you know, that's when I decided to look outside the box for other ways to change our, our financial system. Um, and that's when I discovered social enterprise. So, so that's, that's kind of the arc that, that I, and then social enterprise led me to Here's being uh, a uh, being a founder, an activist, investment advisor. That that put me on the the, the path where I am today. Now, because I changed how I react to the financial system in 2016, it it allowed me to have a productive way of moving forward. So instead of blaming, I was taking responsibility 
and saying, okay, well, what can I do to, to, to be the change? It was a big shift. And, um, I credit this shift, uh, not just with my disgust with the 2016 election campaign, but with, um, uh, an author, Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, his, his book, the mastery of love, along with the four agreements and some of his other books, it, it, um, it revealed to me that how I react, my actions and my reactions are, are what I have control over and to focus on what I have control over instead of what I don't have control over. And, and so that, that was a, a game changer for me, um, how I react to, um, to anything really. And specifically, how I reacted to uh, our unjust financial system, and um, it, like I said, it led me down a path to create uh, an, an activist investment advisory firm to reform our unjust financial system. So, I'm also gonna uh, let me tell you a, a brief story uh, of how. Uh, many other people reacted to our unjust financial system. In uh, 2009, there was this uh, grassroots effort uh, that was that was really angry at the uh, mix of corporations and politicians and um, and the media. And th there is a, a large number of people who are really angry between the interaction of these three and they felt like it was they were controlling their their lives and uh, negatively affecting um, their finance and so uh, the, this this group this large group and it spread across the country and they were, went to uh, they reacted with with anger and I, I don't blame them I reacted with anger and they they were uh, went to town hall meetings and really shouting down their representatives and, and really blaming the, the politicians that were in charge and, and, and very angry. And they wanted, they wanted change to happen and uh, nothing, no, no uh, serious uh, change uh, happened from it. But it, this movement um, called the Tea Party movement uh, ended up, um, creating a, a very powerful wing in the in the Republican Party, the the populist or the the nationals, uh, the nationalist wing of the Republican Party, which holds uh, a, a lot of power in uh, the the Republican Party today. Um, and instead of getting any uh, real change happen happening, um, they instead uh, had had a conflict with a, another powerful wing uh, of a different uh, political party. And I'm going to tell the, that story now. So in, in 2000, uh, 2011, uh, there was protests in New York City, Zuccotti Park. Um, and they these protesters were, were uh, demanding that um, uh, corporations and the super rich stop taking advantage of regular working people. Um, and they were calling themselves the 
because that's what they saw as, hey, 99% of, of people are average working. And then you have this exclusive 1%. That's the super rich and the, the corporate executives. And um, they wanted um, reform. They wanted uh, the, this 1% to be taxed. They wanted um, uh, increased uh, uh, minimum wage to be increased on a federal level. And um, they, they were angry. The, the protests, you know, they, they wanted something to happen. Well, no political reforms were made from uh, the Occupy Wall Street movement, but it is uh, credited with creating uh, a, a new wing of the Democratic Party known as the progressive wing. So uh, this progressive wing now is, is, has a lot of power in the Democratic Party, but instead of uh, getting their uh, what their goal, their goals accomplished. Instead, they uh, ran into a conflict with uh, another uh, political uh, uh, wing uh, of the Republican Party, and, and so that's what's happening right now. There's this huge clash between uh, progressives and the populists, and there's just a lot of anger. And, and, and instead of uh, looking to uh, reform our unjust financial system. They're blaming each other for the reasons uh, why it's not getting reformed. And, and ultimately, it's, it's a very similar um, goal that they each want to have. They, they each want to have uh, power eroded from big banks, traditional corporations, and the super rich, and, and to have some of that wealth and power. Um, the difference is 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 that um, you know one blames uh, the other. That's that's really the 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 only difference. One blames the Democrat, the populists. One blames the progressives, um, and and nobody's getting anywhere. So uh, that's that's how a lot of people reacted to uh, the financial crisis with anger. And continued with anger and and blame and and judgment and all of that is is not accomplishing anything because when when your your mind is full of blame and and anger then there's no room for for taking responsibility and coming up with solutions and and how and and ignoring the fault uh, you know the blame of others and, and just say well. How can I, how can I be the change? It's, it, there's no cognitive capacity in our minds to, to ask the question of how can I be the change when we're so laser focused on blaming somebody else. And, and so this is why how we react to our unjust financial system is so important because we need to be able to have this clarity of mind to to stay focused on solutions and and so that's what uh, the next series of episodes are going to be about uh, how we react to our unjust financial system so uh tomorrow we're going to dig deeper into this uh and that's all we have for today but I do want you to remember that I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too.